right. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm an adult child uh, in recovery. And uh, thank you so much, Jonathan, for inviting me to speak today. I see lots of familiar faces in the room. Um, and um, I'm so grateful you all are here. Uh, so the tool I'm going to talk about today is uh, working the steps. And um, I'm in two step groups. I'm in a laundry list tools step group, and I'm also on step 10. And I'm doing the steps the second time around. I started uh, the program in 2013. So I've been here for a minute. And um, I felt like it was a good idea to do the steps again because um, I had an emotional bottom. Um, and that's what this program really is for me. It's like really dealing with my emotions. I find that my bottoms look like um, lots of critical inner talk and um, lots of uh, jealousy and um, I guess ego-based stuff. That's usually where my bottoms lie and it happens in all romantic relationships as well so after i end a relationship or starting a relationship i find that my aca stuff gets really kicked up so um i'm not reading on a tool per se but i'm going to be talking about steps and um so i wanted to read about feelings and uh i'm going to be reading on page 343 uh let's see all right 343, what are feelings? I have read about feelings and hear about feelings in ACA meetings, but I just feel numb. Is there something wrong with me? No, having difficulty identifying feelings or being confused by the talk of feelings is common for many adult children. We learn to block or deny our feelings as children to protect ourselves from our unhealthy family. We block the feelings as adults with various addictions. We can also deny or disguise feelings with a variety of compulsive behaviors. We suggest we review the feelings segment of step four in chapter seven. The segment offers a definition to 14 feeling words with a corresponding reaction in the body. Learning where feelings are located in our body is a key step in recognizing and talking about feelings. So now I'm gonna go to the chapter chapter seven and just read a paragraph here. Uh, Most adult children are terrified of feelings and believe they cannot withstand them. In ACA, we must remember that we are not alone. Recovery is different than when we were children and had to face the feelings of isolation and despair alone. When feelings arise in ACA, we learn to sit with them without acting out. We hug a pillow, lie on the floor and breathe deeply, take a walk or simply sit still and hang on. Our feelings will not kill us. We can name our feelings and understand them. This is an ACA promise. We learn that we can pick up the phone and call someone to listen to us. Feelings pass, we can survive our feelings. Um, So I just wanted to start with that, uh, just to give you a sense of what I'm gonna talk about. Um, So I come from a family of addicts. Both of my parents are still actively drinking. My dad has started marijuana now to help with the pain that he's feeling physically. Uh, My dad sexually abused me and my sister. Um, I think for me, it started my memory, earliest memories, like 10 years old to um, teenage years. Uh, I think around 16 was the last time. And um, so I was pretty numbed out as a kid. Like I really, uh, 
I really wasn't in touch with my feelings. The only feelings I really felt were anger and like extreme joy. Um, I got a lot of joy through food, um, sugar mostly, and um, became pretty addicted to sugar really early on. And my sugar story is very similar to like heroin, you know, um, and this idea of just like stealing money from my family to go uh, buy as many like back in the day when I was younger, it was like 25 cents for like a little tiny Mars bar. So I would get a bunch of those and just like eat on them in my room and it just made me feel better. So that was like how I learned how to deal with my feelings. Um, and through the sexual and the physical abuse, I really learned how to separate my anger from my, um, like I could be really angry at someone and really hurt and in pain and learn not to express it. Um, I turned it inwards, became really depressed, but I also um, I isolated myself. Uh, I didn't have very many friends. Um, the friends I did have at school, turns out that we were all going through the same thing at home. I think that's why we really bonded. And Ten minutes. Thank you, Paul. So when I got into my like my early 20s, I didn't go to college. I decided and said that I was just like, I'm going to party, you know. So I just started hanging out with a bunch of alcoholics and I was designated driver. Like I never really drank. Um, I mean, I could drink, but my friends just were alcoholics. So I think we all know how that goes. So I was like the one who was least drunk and I became like a caretaker of all of them. And being around people who had really big emotions allowed me to feel through them. And I think that's sort of where my ACA stuff really started to blossom in relationships because um, I was really good at making people act out and get mad at me or to like, you know, do the stuff that I couldn't do so I could push people and manipulate them in this way that really allowed them to take their anger out on me, which reminded me of my father and allowed me to get that hit of like victim, you know, I could really get myself into a victim mentality. And so, um, you know, if I left my friend, he was drunk and then he got into a car crash and then I could really take that in as like, that was my fault. that should have been there for him that kind of stuff. And I would leave because I was mad because he didn't want to leave the bar. So there's a lot of this like codependency stuff happening in my life. And when I came, by the time I came into ACA, I was um, in a really abusive romantic relationship with a woman who was like verbally and physically abusive. She, um, you know, would withhold love and then I'd have to like seduce her back. Then we'd have this whole honeymoon period. And, um, like after doing that for four or five years, I was really, really like, um, I wouldn't say suicidal, but pretty close to it when I walked into the rooms because I just really wanted her to, like, I just felt like I had to fix myself. And so the first room I walked into was this Saturday ACA uh, meeting called uh, Struggles with Intimacy. And that room saved my life, basically. It, uh, I walked into the room. I had no idea what ACA was. Um, I had heard of AA, but um, on the calendar, just said ACA struggles for intimacy. And I showed up and they start reading the laundry list, um, which we read tonight. And I just was like, whoa, like my head was so blown out. I've never been in a 12-step meeting. I've never like 
you know, I didn't know anything about 12 step at all. So I just was like sitting there and my first impulse was to leave. Cause I was like, Oh, you know, this is me, but I'm just so uncomfortable. But uh, the rooms get so packed as you all know. And I was like trapped between all these people with their book bags and coats, like New York city. It's like, we won't pack meals. So it's like, I couldn't get out of the room. I just was like stuck in this like corner. So I ended up staying for the whole meeting and every Saturday I went there religiously. And the first thing I heard was a person sharing about um, their father uh, beating them up and how that like makes them so nervous they can't perform because the feelings of performing bring up the same type of feeling of anxiety that they used to have around their parents. And they figured that out just by coming to the meeting. And that's something that really struck me um, because I had the same problem. Like when I, before I go to read a poem, I would start like, it was almost like I was gonna get a whipping or something. Cause like my mom would always say, when your dad comes home, he's gonna beat you. Like that was the thing because I would do something wrong, like not do the dishes or something. And, and so I would have this whole anticipation of the beating. And that adrenaline was the same feeling I felt before I would go on stage to read a poem. And I would just be like so terrified of, and I couldn't understand, like, it's just a poem. Like, it's not a big deal. People want, people are rooting for you. And um, I just felt like it was the most sickening feeling in the world. And when I heard someone share that in the rooms, like it just immediately, I was like, that's exactly what it is. Like, it's that fear because I couldn't understand the feeling and separate the feeling of that fear of my dad beating me when he gets home and all of the um, adrenaline or I don't even know what you would call it. It's like a hormonal thing, but all of that coming up is the same adrenaline that you have. Thank you, Paul. Five minutes left. Okay. Uh, so to talk about the tools. <laughs> uh, okay. So the tool of going, doing the steps, working the steps, Basically, the steps really gave me an opportunity to kind of um, learn about my feelings in a way that was like super safe and super healthy. My step group, there's just three of us, including me. And um, we meet once a week for an hour and we read from the book for five minutes and then we share. So one of us does a reading and then we all share for five minutes and then we go into working the step where wherever we are at the steps. And um, so that's like every Sunday at 8.30. And um, I look forward to that meeting so much. The laundry list work group that I do, it's five of us and we all take turns starting the meeting. And then we just like go through the questions. And we usually get through three questions because there's so many of us who go into talking about it. And both groups are all women. And we've all been in the program for like, I would say seven years at least. Um, some of them are more active in the program than others, but it's like every share is so helpful and perfect. And so I'm saying that as a tool of like, one, one suggestion I would make is like, when you find, when you're looking for a step group, it's really, I think imperative to find people who are on the same path and journey as you are, because some of the stuff that comes up is so personal and um, I never feel unsafe to share that. And so 
when I was sort of um, learning about all the nuances of feelings, one thing that really helped me was just like being completely honest about like the confusion around the sexual abuse and there was no shame around it. Like this idea that, you know, that I was complicit and that I, you know, if I didn't do this, my dad wouldn't have done that. Or if I had fought back, like there was all, there's like so many feelings wrapped up when you're physically abused, sexually abused, neglected. And as a trauma child, I couldn't, all it was, all it just was like one big block of emotions. And so working the steps with people who are really safe has helped me kind of pull those emotions apart. And then that shows up in my everyday life as like, you know, I can have a whole bunch of feelings at one person, you know, like my boss, for example, I can be really mad at him, but I can also at the same time feel compassion. And, you know, like it's really just helped me become gentle. Um, But really I had to learn how to be gentle with myself because that's something I'm still really working on. I think I started this share with saying, you know, my critical inner parent is very, very active these days. And um, that's how I could tell that, you know, I'm bottoming out. Um, was that one minute, Paul, or just, okay, no, not yet. So um, what I do to kind of help heal my critical inner parent is like, I can't stop the critic. I can't stop the critic. Like that's impossible. Um, I can't get mad at the critic. And I'm really trying to figure out how to integrate the critic. And so far, the best thing that's happened for me is to just like, write down all the things that I think are the worst things about myself. And then I flip it around. So, you know, I'll say like, um, I'm never going to make it as a writer or something. And then my affirmation becomes, I am the best writer in the world. Everyone loves my books. Um, you know, like all of my fears, I turn into affirmations and it sounds really weird, but it's been super, thank you, Paul, one minute. It's been super helpful um, with like everything from changing my diet, like, you know, with the sugar, I'm just like, (laughs) um, I should obviously start a program around sugar, but until I do get to the program right now, my thing is like, just sit and feel your feelings, you know, just sit and feel your feelings, feel the uncomfortableness of not being able to numb myself out. Um, And it's really hard, but it really helps just to just say like, I feel really uncomfortable right now. um, And I'm just going to feel it for as long as I can before I reach into the jelly bean bar or jelly bean jar or something. So anyway, I think that's my time. Um, Thank you so much for letting me share. I hope uh, I gave you some experience, strength and hope. And thanks Jonathan for asking me to be here tonight. (laughs) 